It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Cub fans? Welcome to episode 36 of Locked On Cubs. I'm your host, Ryan Davis, and you will find me at The Sporting News and occasionally at CubsInsider.com. Today, I'll be looking at the Cincinnati Reds, and I'll have a guest on to talk about that in just a minute. Normally, in my first segment, I like to go over the previous game that they played, but because of when I had to record this, uh, the Cubs haven't played a game between when my last podcast came out. You will be listening to this as early as Friday, and... The Cubs played Thursday night at 9.05 p.m. Central Time against the San Francisco Giants, but unfortunately I'm recording before that, so I don't have any stats for that game for you. So if you want to know more about that, go to Cubs.com. They have the the box score there that you can read. But uh, I wanted to take this first segment to talk a little bit about a couple things on Locked on Cubs. First of all, uh, if you haven't already, please enter for our giveaway. We have a mint condition Sammy Sosa rookie card. We have that Wrigley Field watercolor print. And uh, a few people have entered, maybe 20, 25 or so. Uh, somebody's going to get it. Uh, just go to Locked On Cubs on Twitter, and you'll be able to read our pinned tweet to find out what you need to do to win that stuff. So go ahead and do that. And then the second thing I need you to do, if you're listening to this while you're taking the train home or you're on the bus or uh, even if you're in the car, uh, if you're in the car, wait till you get home. But get out your phone, get online and email lockedoncubs at gmail.com. Come up with a question that's Cubs related and send it to me so that I can compile a mailbag that I can go over next week because I'm going to have at least one podcast, probably the one that comes out for opening day, where I'm not going to have a lot to talk about. Uh, and, and in general, uh, I think I need some interesting topics to talk about where if it releases in the morning, uh, there's only a small window with the Cubs playing at 11:40 Central Time uh, against the Miami Marlins on Opening Day. You'll need a, a little bit of something to listen to that's uh, that's not a recap and not uh, not a preview uh, of Opening Day because there's really only uh, a certain amount of time where that's even relevant. So uh, send me your questions, something that you uh, would find interesting even after the Cubs play on Opening Day, so that I'll have something to talk about. That's for next Thursday. Uh, opening day uh, against the Marlins. So go to lockedoncubs at gmail.com. Send me that, those questions that you have. I'll go ahead and uh, go over to my second segment and talk about the Reds. Enjoy. Joining me now to talk about the Cincinnati Reds is James Rapine of Locked On Reds and also ESPN. How's it going, James? Uh, it's going well, man. How are you? Pretty good. This is my last NL Central preview, and uh, so far I've really enjoyed them, and I hope the listeners have as well. It's it's kind of fun deviating from just talking about the Cubs every day and, and talking about one of the other teams. I'm sure you can kind of relate a little bit on, on Locked on Reds. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Especially when the Reds are where they are, and, and honestly, organizations like the Cubs are uh, far better. <laughs> so yes, it's uh, it, it probably is good to switch it up. Yeah, it is. I, I try to not take for granted how easy it is to talk about the Cubs these days. Uh, the first yeah. question I have for you, uh, the Reds are returning functionally the same team that lost 90 game, 90 plus games last year, minus Zach Cozart, who had a great year. Um, but the pitching being healthy could make a big difference because they had a lot of injuries. That said, how long will Anthony DiSclefani be out with that oblique? 
Yeah, I that, that's the the million dollar question right now, and and really, it, it's funny because I think entering spring training there was a lot of optimism uh, among this staff and and how they, if healthy, there's a lot of promise. And Homer Bailey finally had a healthy off season, and obviously since he he signed that hundred million dollar contract extension, hasn't really had a healthy off season. So it was good for him. It was it was kind of a an optimistic offseason even though they didn't make many moves especially as far as starting pitchers are concerned and that and yet uh, in the same day Di Scalfani goes down with an oblique injury and it's something that bothered him last year for multiple months so I expect it to put him on the disabled list for a while I, I think it'll kind of derail uh, the start of his season and then on that same day Brandon Finnegan went down not uh, as serious of an injury he's expected to start uh, in, in being the rotation I know he pitched a couple days ago but Really quickly, you saw how the optimism turned to, to pessi- pessimistic uh, thoughts. And it was like, oh, my goodness, they, they're going to lose 90 games again, aren't they? So I think it's going to be a roller coaster for the Reds starting staff this year just because there's so many question marks. And there's really not one guy that you can rely on and say, that's a guy we know is going to give us seven innings every start or give us 30 starts or 200 innings. They're all question marks. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, the one guy that you didn't uh, fully go into uh, on that list was uh, Homer Bailey uh, on his performance. He he's missed a lot of time, and then last year came back, uh, pitched 91 innings, which was a lot for him for the last few years, but was awful. Uh, prepping for this, I looked at uh, spring training stats and noticed that he had given up 12 earned runs in 12 innings. And normally, I usually say as a rule, throw out spring training stats, but when you see that with a guy's performance like Bailey had, my question is, will he ever be good again? You wonder. And it's the thing is, is the last time he's been, he got the extension after the 2013 season. And after that, he had been, he's been dinged up and, and injured. And it's it's been a while since we've seen Homer Bailey, the, the guy who was getting a lot of people out. And honestly, he's he's a guy that I thought was ascending. When they, they signed him that extension, a lot of people here in Cincinnati – reacted crazy to it and I thought it was if you're going to sign him he's 27 years old he's coming off of a year where he had a 3.5 ERA had a bunch of wins I had a no hitter that year Um, so I thought he was trending upward and certainly that hasn't been the case Uh, will he ever be good again I'm not sure if the Reds are going to maybe be better than a lot of people think they're going to be then they're going to have to hopefully rely on Homer Bailey and hopefully get a guy that uh, was pretty good through 2010 through 2013 so that that's something I think they're hoping for um I know he's not too concerned about his spring training struggles I think and that's the one thing is of the the pitchers in this rotation he is a veteran he knows that it's a process that it's a long season so I I don't think he's too concerned about his performance in the spring with that said I totally get where you're coming from of man he struggled last year some he was healthy all offseason and we haven't really seen much in spring training, but hopefully at some point it flashes, the light comes on, he can stay healthy and be the guy that we saw for really a four-year stretch where he was a, a pretty good, I'm not going to say ace or anything like that, but a, a solid starting pitcher that you, you usually knew what you were going to get when Homer Bailey took the mound. It's been a, a while since we've gotten that, and hopefully he can do that this season. 
All right. Uh, obviously, the Reds are a rebuilding team. I think everyone knows that. Who is the next exciting prospects, uh, exciting prospect that the Reds have and that NL Central fans should keep out an eye for? Uh, whether it's a guy who's already on the roster who maybe Cubs fans haven't noticed yet or a guy who's coming up from AAA? Uh, well, there's a guy who's going to start in, in AAA, but I expect him to, by the end of the year, be up, and it's Nick Senzel. He's the number one prospect in the Reds organization by multiple scouting websites. MLB Pipeline has him as the number seven overall prospect in Major League Baseball. And it, it'll be interesting because the Reds just re-signed Eugenio Suarez um, to a, a seven-year contract extension. And that's where Senzel plays, his third base. They, they play the same position. So I could see, and, and he's played uh, some spring training reps. He's gotten reps at shortstop. He's going to play second base at AAA. So I think if they get have any real struggles with Jose Peraza at shortstop or Scooter Jeanette at second base and Nick Senzel's playing well, I could see them at some point turning to him later in the season, especially if it's not going well. Um, it, it's one of those things where Senzel's impressed every level, impressed a lot of coaches. He's worked with Barry Larkin. So that's a guy to kind of keep an eye out for, not early in the season, but certainly a guy that uh, should be on their radar and is certainly on Reds fans' radar. As far as someone that's going to be on the opening day roster, Jesse Winker is mm -hmm. a player that uh, I think a lot of people should pay attention to because I think he's going to be the reason we see less and less of Billy Hamilton in the starting lineup this uh, this year. And Winker is a guy who can hit and hit and hit and he actually impressed last year with, with his power when he came up in September. So I think Jesse Winker playing that right field spot uh, is someone, if you're a Cubs fan, that you should be paying attention to because maybe he could be part of the uh, the Reds' turnaround. But I'm very, very I, – I see better than I hear when it comes to the Reds, so I, I want to see it before I jinx them. <laughs> uh, you mentioned Billy Hamilton. My next question was, you know, this guy could be so valuable – if he ever just learned to get on base, is he ever going to get there? Is he ever going to, you know, even get to like a 340 on base percentage? I, I wish, you know, <laughs> I hope, I think that's the hope. And that that's the, the thing is, is he's worked with so many different experts and people. I mean, Barry Larkin's worked with him. Lou Pinello's worked with him. They brought in different guys to work with him. Joey Votto last year took him under his wing, according to multiple people and he was trying to learn how Joey's so patient at the plate and the the one hope and you mentioned Zach Cozart if you look at Zach Cozart's stats they were bad 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 average 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 and then all of a sudden he popped mm -hmm. and it was because of his uh, patience at the plate and, and that's something Zach mentioned a lot last year when he went to the all-star game and he, he put up numbers career numbers and I think that that would be the one thing. Maybe, and he's having a terrible spring. He's hitting under 200 in spring. Uh, maybe if Billy Hamilton was more patient at the plate, because he can't bunt. I mean, I, I wish he could because he's so fast, and it, it would be just another dynamic, another thing that uh, opposing uh, infielders would have to worry about, but that, that's not the case. So to me, I, I think Billy Hamilton, he might just be a fourth outfielder, a utility man for the, for the remainder of his career maybe after this year. I know they tried to trade him. I think he's going to start a lot of times in center field this year still. Um, maybe 120 times, you know, and, and that's fine because he's it might keep him healthier. It might give him more healthy reps versus trying to get him out there every single day and it ending up in, in injuries and him playing 120 games anyway. But 
to answer your question, I don't know if anyone should expect Billy Hamilton to take a steep uh, a steep increase as far as on-base percentage or as batting average goes just because he's had plenty of time to do it. I mean, he's been – I think he has over 1,500 major league at-bats. I'm not looking at the stats in front of me, but he's gotten plenty of experience, and it doesn't seem to be trending upward. I hope I'm wrong. Sometimes there are outliers like Zach Cozart, but, but I'm really not sure if anyone could expect Billy Hamilton to get dramatically better between the, you know this season or next season. All right, I want to go to some predictions then. Uh, I'll start with some over-under. I tried to set some of these numbers to make uh, make them a little bit more difficult. Uh, I've had fun with the last few guys who've been on who have struggled with some of these. But first one I have is for Scooter Jeanette. I set him at 19.5 home runs. It was 27 last year. His previous career high was 14. Do you think he gets to 20 again? No, I don't. I And, and that's one of my concerns for this team is that there's question marks at a lot of spots, the middle infield. I, I think um, Scooter Jeanette, he, he's going to kind of be the guy we saw pre-last season in, in 14 home runs. That sounds about right. I'll, I'll say 16. I'll take the under, though. He hit four home runs last year in one game. Mm-hmm. I, I talked to some people in Milwaukee who aren't. They're like, yeah, Scooter Jeanette's having a great year, but that's just one year. And I, I kind of believe that. I mean, he is – I, I said that with Billy Hamilton. You kind of are what you are at, at a certain point. And I think Scooter Jeanette's good at being that, that utility guy that could play a bunch of different spots. The Reds are going to use him at second base a lot this year. We'll see how it goes. Maybe he proves me wrong, and he's he's 27 years old, going to be 28 uh, here shortly. So, yeah, I, I'd take the under, but I think a lot of Reds fans, he's quickly become a Reds favorite. I think Reds fans in general would probably take the over. Okay. Um, I personally would take the under just because I feel like he'll start the season uh, at second base. But, you know, again, they have a lot of uh, other infielders that could be pushing for time at some point. Uh, Next one I have is Joey Votto, 100 RBI on the dot last year. I set him at 99.5. I'm going to, that's close. Um, I'm going (laughs) to take the over just because I, I think Joey Votto is one of the best hitters in the game. I, I'm assuming that with Billy Hamilton not getting as many plate appearances, probably not getting as many starts, that there's going to be more runners on base ahead of Joey Votto. So I think that that's going to fare well for his RBI numbers. Even, let's say his average drops a little bit. I think he'll have more RBIs than last year. Did have a lot of home runs last year to Joey Votto, so that'll take a step back probably. But overall, I would go over. Um, and he's, he's good. He's the lone, like reliable bright spot that Reds fans have to look forward to. So let's hope that, uh, if anything ter- comes true, it's this one where he has over a hundred RBIs. The Cubs, uh, the Cubs fans can relate to that in that, uh, Sammy Sosa was the lone bright spot in a very similar way. Uh, a guy who was, you know, one of the best hitters in the game, like Votto is, I think Votto is probably, you know, everyone Sosa was more noticeable at the time. Votto is probably more underrated than he should be. I wrote something recently where I, I talked about the most underrated players in the game uh, in the NL Central, and I listed Votto as the most underrated on the Reds because I think if you talk to the average fan, they'd say, oh, yeah, all-star first baseman. This guy is like second <laughs> or third best player in the game. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a good point. And, and I think part of that, and it sucks, it's just because the Reds are bad. So the Reds are bad, and, and I don't think people realize how great Joey Votto was last year. And, mm-hmm. and just it's – it stinks for him. It, it stinks for Reds fans. But until they're better, he's not going to get – and he was second in MVP voting, so he got recognized mm-hmm. by the, in that light. But 
overall, I don't think casual Major League Baseball fan really knows much about Joey Votto outside of he plays first base and he's pretty good for the Reds. Yeah, which is, it's a shame. The next one I have. It does suck. (laughs) (laughs) The next one I have is for the Reds, over under 11.5 starters used. Last year it was 16. Oh, man. Don't do this to me. Um, <laughs> well, five. Let, let's go five, six. I'm gonna say over. I, I bet you it's twelve to thirteen. And because you're you're talking about Disclafani, who's already not gonna start the season, but he will probably get some starts. I think a guy like Amir Garrett will. Um, so that's seven, and that's if Amir Garrett doesn't make the starting rotation. If he does, then Tyler Malley will. So we're at seven there. I, I expect a couple of injuries that we haven't seen. Maybe Finnegan, who hasn't been healthy in over a year. Homer Bailey as well. So, yeah, I think the safe number um, is, is over. And uh, you said 11 and a half. I'll take the over. Yeah, that, I kind of go with that, too. I, I think you know, it's just hard to predict uh, better health for a team that was so unhealthy last year. But we'll see. Uh, last one I have is, uh, you know, kind of a throwaway. It's Rysel Iglesias, uh, 29 and a half saves over under. Um, do you know how, how many he had last year? He had 28. Yeah, it's tough because he's certainly capable of it. It's just I don't know how many opportunities he's right. going to get with this Reds team. Um, I'm going to go – I'm going to be optimistic here. I'm going to say over. I'm going to uh, say over because I think that as bad as the pitching was last year, starting pitching all season, bullpen got worn down. I think the bullpen's better, that the Reds have made some moves. I think Iglesias gets a few more opportunities. I think they'll they'll set him up with a you know a one or two run lead in the ninth, and, and he'll take advantage. So I'll say over there, and I hope I'm right because if not, it's going to be a really long season. Right. Yeah, he was the the closer basically all year last year, right? And he got yeah. 28. I I think the Reds will be better this year, so I would go over as well. Uh, so the big questions. Uh, I've been throwing these to everybody, and so far everyone's had a really good answer on this. If the Reds make the playoffs, it's because blank. <laughs> oh man, it's it's because Homer Bailey uh, rewinds the clock to 2013. Luis Castillo is the ace that he looked like he was last year. Joey Votto wins MVP, and the the starting rotation stays relatively healthy. And I'm completely wrong about my over under with 12 starters pitching for the Reds this year. I I think they're going to be okay hitting the ball. I think they're going to be uh, there's going to be plenty of run production from this Reds team. I think their outfield, especially when Jesse Winker plays, is going to be productive there. Obviously, you got a guy like Joey Votto, Suarez, Jeanette, say what you want. I think he's competent at the plate even though he might not hit 20 home runs this year. To me, I, I think that's it. It's the, it comes down to the starting rotation consistently delivering throughout the year. And there's just so many question marks because there's literally zero guys where I can say, oh, I know exactly what I'm going to get from him. And that's the concern. Now this year they'll have to figure that out. And if everything goes right, starting rotation wise, I could totally see the Reds making the playoffs, but that is the the biggest if maybe I've ever, I've ever said. All right. Uh, this one, you don't have to go super in depth if you don't want to, because I think everyone kind of gets it. But if the Reds miss the playoffs, it's because blank. The the rotation is what it was last year. State is injured. Um, and that's that's honestly what it comes down to. I mean, they could deal with Vado taking a step back or deal with 
a, a lot of different things happening if the rotation is good. So it comes down to that starting rotation. All right. Uh, I'm going to put you on the spot for the NL central. How many wins for the Cincinnati reds? 75. Cool. That's everyone said 70 so far and 75 is about where I land because I do think they're going to be a little more healthy with the rotation. I do like some of their young pitching. You've mentioned Castillo, uh, Stevenson, I, I think that there is a chance that the Reds could win 75 or, you know, at the top, maybe 80, 81 games if everything kind of breaks. Right. Oh, I'd give, I, I don't, I would love 80 to 81. I think 75 is still a little optimistic, but I, I'm hoping that, uh, that, that my, my fandom isn't getting away of it because 75 wins isn't that crazy. They won 68 last year. So mm-hmm. uh, a little healthier from the starting rotation, a little bit more from some of the young guys. And I think it could happen. Yeah. Uh, how many were for the Milwaukee Brewers? I, I would have them second in, in the Central, so let's say eighty-eight. Okay. Uh, what about the St. Louis Cardinals? Eighty-four. And the Pirates? Oh, man, <laughs> that's the thing. Are they going to finish ahead of the Reds? Um, uh, I know they've been selling a lot of pieces. Let's go. I'm going to say. I'm going to say for the first time in a while, the Reds aren't going to be. 72. All right. That's about where I have the Pirates. I also feel like the Reds will finish in fourth, fourth place this year. Uh, how Moving many on wins? Yeah. How many wins for the Cubs? 90. Let's go 94. Okay. 94 wins for the Cubs. Pretty I don't consistent. Think, yeah. I don't, I don't think Milwaukee pushes them. It'll be a, a race, but I, I think it'll be, it won't be like last year where Milwaukee's ahead for, for most of the year. And then the Cubs have to take them over at the end. I think this year, realistically, I think Cubs fans may have not so, not so much tempered expectations because of last year. They, you know, the the assumption is still that this is a ninety-two to ninety-eight win team, but realistically, looking at the talent and the health and the fact that they didn't play into November last year and and have the World Series hangover, this team talent-wise stacks up against the twenty sixteen team so well. I mean that. You've got you Darvish essentially as your number four starter on this team. So um, I, I think this could be a 100 win team again this yeah. year. So, yeah, um, I, I mean, I could see it. I mean, they're it, it's a good time to be a Cubs fan. I put it yeah. that way. <laughs> it, it's a very fun window of contention that they're in and, and they're starting to restock the minor leagues with some underrated pitching. I think you'll start to see. Uh, over the course of this year and into the next year, when those top 100 lists come out, there will be a couple Cubs pitchers popping up on there. So um, it's it's very exciting for the Cubs for now and the future. Yeah, I think uh, honestly, I, and I've been told this just from people here uh, behind the scenes, and it, it, it doesn't take an expert to say it, but I think everyone in the Central is kind of bracing for a Cubs dynasty esque mm-hmm. run here because I think they have plenty of money. I think they're certainly a destination. And, and they know how to build the minors as well. So I, I don't know if the Cubs are going to go anywhere anytime soon. Well, that's the hope for the people listening to us talk right now. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, shut up, man. You're jinxing it. <laughs> All right. Uh, before I let you go, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you in the event that they wanted to listen to or read up on the Reds? Yeah. I, the Locked on Reds podcast is something we do every single day. It's on iTunes. It's on Google Play, Stitcher. Tune in. Um, let's see, I'm missing one of them, but Spotify as well. Uh, also, lockedonreds.com. I'm on Twitter at James Rapine, and I I host the show on ESPN 1530 in Cincinnati, where we'll be talking plenty Reds 
here as the season starts. So if you're a baseball fan, that's uh, that's the best way to get uh, the latest on the Reds. Cool. Well, thank you very much, James. It has been awesome, and good luck for the rest of the year. Yeah, hopefully uh, we're talking about – I'll settle for this. Cubs 1, Reds 2 in the NL Central standings. How about that? I, I would be perfectly <laughs> fine with that. I think, I think just about every single Cubs fan would be perfectly fine with that too because there would be nothing more that Cubs fans would want to see uh, than the Brewers and the Cardinals just not be able to step up in the division. Exactly. I would love it. The odds of that happening are very slim, but uh, I appreciate yeah. you having me, man. <laughs> Thanks for listening again, guys. Please don't forget, go to LockedOnCubs at gmail.com. Send me those questions and thoughts and anything you want me to talk about for the mailbag next week. And also go to follow us on Twitter and and find all of our uh, interesting stuff. We've got writers doing all all kinds of great things for the website. It's been a little slow so far uh, heading into the season, but I'm hoping that we're going to ramp it up in the season and in general, I'm I'm excited about big things to come. We're just finishing this preview series. I'll probably have a big uh, Cubs preview next week at some point where I'll bring in a guest and we'll talk about predictions for the season and looking at the offense and the defense and the pitching staff and bullpen and everything. So we've got great stuff coming up. So please you know, make sure to follow us and, and find out what we have to say about the Cubs heading into the 2018 season. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.